this morning we are continuing in this series we've been doing the last several weeks called Mad. So everybody just like go like this and go, oh, I'm mad. I'm mad. You know what? Actually, before service today, before the nine o'clock, one of the ladies in the, in the hallway out there said, you know what, Pastor? I'm not mad today. So maybe the series is working. Awesome, right? And how many of you have noticed that, man, there is a lot of anger in our world that we live in today, right? I mean, you just look around and you see the things that are going on. You just scroll through your social media and you see there's like this frustration, this anger in the political realm. And there's race against race and husband against wife and brother against brother and sister against sister. I mean, all kinds of crazy frustration and anger in our world that we live in today. In fact, sometimes it's even against people that we love. How many, let's just do like a little survey here today. Raise your hand and help me out with this. How many of you have ever been mad at your brother or sister before? Come on, raise your hand. Mad at a husband, mad at a wife, mad at a family member. If they're here, don't point at them. I saw some of y'all pointing. That's just, that's going to make them mad. And here's what we know, all right? Here's what we know is that so many times, like it's the people that we're the closest to, the people that we love the most, that we can actually get the most frustrated with at times. And it happens in families. It doesn't just happen in like biological families. It actually can happen in church families too. It happens sometimes like in a life group family or in our, you know, in our church family and things like that. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. We're going to talk about two sisters in the Bible who one sister finds herself mad at the other sister. And we find this story in the book of Luke. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter number 10. And we're going to see these two sisters that this one sister gets mad at this other sister. And she's mad for this one little reason, something that I believe causes so many relationship frustrations and struggles in all of our lives as well. And you're family, in your marriage, in our church, in your life group. This happens at work. This one little thing that we we actually learned about it a couple of weeks ago is called expectations. So everybody say expectations. In fact, this one little thing can cause so much frustration at times in our relationships with one another. And I think it happens the most among the people that we love the most because we have these expectations. In fact, if you weren't here two weeks ago when we kicked off this series, we taught you this little relationship principle that I believe it can be actually life changing. It's called the expectation gap. And the expectation gap goes like this. If you don't know it already goes like this that when what I expected doesn't line up with what I actually experience there is a gap a gap between my expectations and my experiences and in that gap lies one little thing it's called frustration so everybody say frustration And it goes like this. When I expected something, I expected someone to do something. I expected, I mean, just for instance, I expected that when I get home every night at 6.30, I expect dinner to be on the table. But when I get home at 6.30 at night, dinner is not on the table, but instead I'm eating a bowl of cereal. How many would say there is a gap, right, between what I expected and what I experienced? And if I don't manage the gap, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be some frustration. Like maybe I go to the restaurant 
restaurant, you know, and I expected, like I looked on the menu, I expected that my bill was going to be $8 for the pizza that I ate. But then whenever they brought me my bill, they, the bill was actually $14 because they charged me for every little deal of ranch dressing and every refill that I got. How many know what I'm saying? And there was a gap. I expected it to be $8 and it was $14 and they didn't tell me that they were going to charge me for that. So what's going to be in the middle of the gap? frustration, right? And it happens. It happens in our families. It happens in our lives. It happens in so many ways. I expected to come to church. I expected the sermon to be 30 minutes, but the pastor preached 45 minutes and the expectation didn't match the experience. Come on, unless it's at LifeGate where the preaching is so good that you're just like, preach all day, pastor, and it'll be okay, right? Right. I was expecting y'all to say amen and you didn't say amen. So now I've got frustration. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And this happens, doesn't it, so many times in our lives. And this is what happens between these two sisters that we find in Luke chapter 10. So why don't you you look at it with me? We're going to read it together. Verse number 38, it says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem, everybody say this word with me, doesn't it seem unfair? That's the word we talked about last week, right? Doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all of these details, but there is only, everybody say it aloud, there is only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So here is an instance where we find Martha has a disappointed expectation. She expected, hey, I'm making this meal for Jesus and the disciples and everything has to be perfect. And here's Mary. She's not doing anything to help me. And I expected her to help me in the kitchen, but she's not helping me in the kitchen. And so now I am frustrated and mad. Now, let me just throw out a little disclaimer here. I understand that this is not the biggest frustration or the biggest disappointment ever in life, right? I know that some of you are here today and you've experienced far greater disappointment from, you know, spouses that betrayed you or parents that weren't there for you. I understand that, but here's what we also have to understand, that even when it's just even a little disappointed expectation, like I needed some help in the kitchen and no one helped me, even those little bitty frustrated expectations, disappointments can actually grow into huge frustrations that bring conflict and bring strife and bring problems in our relationships. If we don't know how to manage the gap. So everybody say manage the gap. Manage the gap. And here's where some of you are here this morning. Man, maybe you've had some disappointed expectations. Maybe some very big ones. Maybe it's even some little small ones. But you expected a parent to act a certain way. Or you expected a friend to be a certain way. Or you expected a church or a pastor or a life group leader or whatever to be a certain way. And then when those people disappointed you, there's this frustration. And so what we have to do is we got to mind the gap. We've got to manage the gap between 
what we experience and what we expect. So here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to help you. How many are glad for some help sometimes? I'm going to help you with your relationships. And I'm going to teach you just four principles that will help you to learn how to manage the expectation gap. And we're going to learn it from these two sisters. If you're taking notes, why don't you write this first one down? The first one is this. If we're going to manage the expectation gap, here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to speak up. Everybody look at your neighbor and tell them, speak up. We're going to speak up. Here's the deal. For many people, we get frustrated at people who don't meet our expectations. And the problem really is this, is that we had an expectation for them, but they didn't know that's what we expected from them. We never told them that's what we wanted or needed. And so then they don't do what we wanted or needed. And then we're mad, right? But I want you to write this down. Actually, this is a great one to write down and take notes today is this. I cannot expect what I do not express. In fact, I think everybody should say that out loud with me today. I cannot expect what I do not express. Man, I'm telling you, I'm going to save some marriages here today. All right? Because, man, ladies, let me just tell you something. Ladies in the place, like, we can't read your mind. We don't know what you want unless you tell us. Come on, can I get an amen from the guys in the place today? Like, we don't know unless you tell us. And we're guys. We're not very smart. So you have to spell it out for us, right? I mean, you know how it goes, guys. You know what I'm talking about. Like, baby, what do you want for your birthday? Oh, I don't want anything this year. You always do something for me every year. I don't really need anything. Guys, let me just give you a hint. When she says she doesn't want anything, that doesn't mean she doesn't want anything. Right? I don't want anything. Don't get me anything. So then you don't get her anything, and then she's mad. Come on, right? And let's just be equal opportunity offenders here today. And let me just say to you that our guys, guys, your wife has no idea what you need unless you tell her. And when you don't tell her what you are needing from her and then you're mad at her because she didn't get you what you needed or give you what you needed, then guess what? The problem is not her. The problem is maybe, maybe it's you. Maybe it's you have an expectation that has not been expressed. And so you got to you got to speak up. And you know what? It's not just in marriages. It's in church sometimes too. Oh, you know, my life group leader, we were in the hospital and I was sick and nobody came to visit me and nobody did anything for me and whatever. Well, did you tell him you were in the hospital? Come on. Did you tell him you wanted him to come see you? Did you tell him? No, no. See, here's the deal is we've got to make sure that we understand that I can't expect somebody to do something that I haven't expressed to them that I need from them. And so here in just a minute, we're going to kind of come down on Martha because she made some mistakes. But let's just give her props a little bit here today as well. At least she said something. At least she had an expectation and she said what she wanted and what she needed. So we've got to speak up. So everybody say speak up. Number two, write this one down. Oh, this is a big one. Not only do we got to sometimes speak up, we sometimes we need to lighten up. Everybody say, lighten up. Look at your other neighbor, your second choice over there, and say, lighten up. <laughs> Guess what, guys? Sometimes the reason that we're frustrated with people is because we've placed too high or the wrong expectations on them. And sometimes we gotta, we got to lighten up a little bit on people. And we got to stop expecting people to be just like us. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. I should never expect others to express themselves in the same way as me. Because when I do, you know what's going to happen? Frustration. 
In fact, this is what we find with Mary and Martha. Here was the deal. was Mary and Martha were different. They were sisters, and yet, even though they were sisters, they expressed themselves in different ways. They had different gifts. In fact, Mary was a worshiper. So how did she express her love for God? By being at the feet of Jesus. By just, oh, sing kumbaya, and let's just love the Lord. Everybody just love the Lord. Right? Martha also loved the Lord and she also was a worshiper, but she worshiped in a different way than Mary. She worshiped by serving, by cooking a meal in the kitchen and making everything great for everyone else. Nothing wrong with either one. Both of them are good because both of them are the way that God created Mary to be and the way that God created Martha to be. The problem comes when Martha starts expecting Mary to be the same as her. And she expects Mary to express her love for God in the same way that she expresses her love for God. And that's where the conflict begins to come in. You know what happens all the time? Like, I mean, I think about around here at the church, okay, there are times that we need something fixed. There are times we need something built. There are times we need some construction to happen. And, you know, just like a couple of months ago, uh, we did the series If, and we had the big If wall. We needed somebody to build the big If wall. Well, guess what? Nobody asked me to build that If wall for a good reason, okay? Because I don't build stuff. Like, I'm pretty decent, I think, at preaching sermons, Y'all could have said amen a little bit better there. All right. I'm okay at that. I'm pretty good at leading stuff. I'm a decent musician. Sometimes people will call me and go, hey, we need a drummer. Somebody come play drums for me. When they call me and want somebody to play drums or preach a sermon or lead something, man, I'm really good at that. But when it comes time to build something, I'm not very good at that. So we have some people around here like Jeff and we have some people like Zach Applegate that we call and go, hey, we need something built or we need, you know, the kids put a hole in the drywall. We need that to be fixed and whatever. And they don't expect me to do it because they know I can't do it. But guess what? I don't expect them to get up and preach a sermon or lead something or play the drums. And it's okay. All of us have our gifts that we bring to the kingdom and to the body of Christ. God made it that way so that the body of Christ could be all that God wants the body of Christ to be. The problem becomes when I start expecting someone else to be like me. And when I expect them to express themselves in the same way I express myself. Or when I expect someone else's gifts to be the same as my gifts and here's what happens. I get frustrated with them and they get frustrated with me. And so here's what we got to do. Lighten up. Realize that, hey, you are who you are because God created you that way. And I am who I am because God created me that way. And it's our gifts that actually make us special and unique. It's actually those gifts coming together that make the body of Christ what it is. And you may not have the same passion as me. And I may not have the same passion as you, man. I see it sometimes. In fact, I've done it before. I remember whenever I went off to Bible college, I you know, got out of high school, went to go off to college, you go off to college, and you see all these great things that people are doing in all these churches, and you come home with all of these ideas. I remember, man, coming home to our home church with all these ideas, going to the youth pastor and going to some of the other leaders in the church and going, why do we do this, 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 and this? And I had all these ideas, all this great stuff. And then they were like, well, you know, we don't want to do that or whatever. And I'm like, y'all just don't love Jesus. You know, what's wrong with you, right? And the problem wasn't what's wrong with them. The problem was what's wrong with me. 
And it happens in church sometimes too. Like God gives you a passion for something. I mean, maybe it's homeless ministry or maybe it's the single moms. Or I don't know what it, what it is. All those are great ministries and great passions. And you get so fired up about that. And then suddenly you want everybody to be fired up about what you're fired up about. But maybe God hasn't given them the same passion. Not that it's not a good ministry, but maybe God hasn't given that person the same passion as he has you about that. And so when we start expecting others to have the same passions and gifts as we have, then what happens is we're frustrated. Now, let me just throw a little disclaimer out there. And let me just tell you here today, we can't start using this as an excuse because here's what we do. Sometimes some people go, well, I'm just a Mary. I'm just a worshiper. And so it's just my job to just worship Jesus all the time. And we'll just let everybody else do all the work and I'll just worship Jesus here and everything will be great. Well, let me just tell you something. You may have the gift of being a worshiper and that is a real true gift. But guess what? All of us, everybody say all of us, all of us are called to serve. And so there are some times when we go, hey, that may not be a part of my gifting, but it's part of my calling. Come on, I'm preaching. Tweet that out. That's hashtag good preaching right there. It may not be my gifting, but it may be part of, it is part of my calling. And so, you know what? If Martha would have just worshiped at the feet of Jesus, nobody would have had anything to eat. And if everybody just worshiped at the feet of Jesus every Sunday, guess what? We wouldn't have any ushers or any greeters or any parking lot attendants or anybody to, to work with the kids or anybody to play on the band. And we've got to realize that there are sometimes I just got to go, hey, I'm called to serve. And this may not even fit with my gifting, but I'm going to roll up my sleeves and get involved because I'm part of the body of Christ. And I'm called to serve. Come on, somebody say amen. But let me just take it on the other side, too. Some people go, well, I'm just a Martha. And this is just how I express my love for God by serving all the time. And so, you know what? I see it sometimes by like people who serve in, in, in life kids or serve in an area in the church and never come in and sit in and worship God and get their, let their spirit get filled up again on a Sunday morning by hearing the message and being in the presence of God. And we just, you know, you go to church and serve and then you leave. And guess what happens when you do that? You know what happens? Your tank, your spiritual tank gets empty and you become just like Martha that you're, you're serving, but you're doing it out of obligation rather than out of love for God and rather than out of joy for what you are doing. And there's really no excuse for it here at LifeGate anyway, because every Sunday we have three services. So guess what? And they're only an hour and 10 minutes long. So guess what? You can actually serve in one service and worship in the other service. And this way, in this way, you can actually make sure that you are doing your spiritual calling and and using your spiritual gifting as well as filling up your spiritual tank so that you can serve with love and joy. Come on. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to speak up. We're going to lighten up. Number three, this is a good one. Everybody say it real loud. We're going to have a checkup. Everybody say checkup. We're going to sometimes have to have a spiritual checkup. And here's how the spiritual checkup goes. You're going to ask yourself this question. Are my frustrations with others really with others or are they actually frustrations with myself? See, here's the deal. Sometimes... We put expectations on ourselves and we try to press those expectations on others and we're mad at others because they're not meeting the expectation when actually really in the, at the bottom line, at the heart of it, it's really an expectation that God didn't put on us and others didn't put on us. We put it on ourselves. In fact, this is what we see with Martha. She comes to Jesus. Jesus, don't you care? Look at me. I'm in the kitchen. I'm slaving over all this and doing all this stuff. And nobody even sees. Nobody's even helping. Nobody. Don't you even care all the stuff that I'm doing for you? And Jesus goes, 
I didn't ask you to do all that stuff for me. In fact, I'm not here so that you can serve me this perfect meal. I'm here so that I can spend time with you and you're missing out on the reason that I'm here because you've placed this expectation on yourself that I didn't put on you. And don't we do this sometimes? I mean, come on. We do it in, in our families. We do it in our marriage. We do it in our relationships. We do it with our kids. Like, I mean, you know, maybe it's a family gathering and we just got to be so perfect. Man, you know, all the, the in-laws are coming over, so we have to have the food just right and everything's got to be, the house got to be perfectly clean. Come on, how many know what I'm saying? And we're cleaning parts of the house that haven't been seen in two years, but we're cleaning them, right? And I mean, or maybe it's the kid's birthday party and we saw it on Pinterest. Come on, right? And it's got to be, this perfect thing and you know I saw that my my friend put on you know Instagram their kids birthday party and they had pony rides and their husband built a roller coaster in the backyard you know I'm only slightly exaggerating you know and and so it's like man it's got to be like this thing that I dreamed up in my mind that I saw it and it has to be perfect and then I'm mad at my husband because he's not building the roller coaster and he's sitting on the couch watching football games and he won't get up here and help me and I'm missing out on the time with the kids and I'm frustrated at my at my husband and I don't have any rest or any peace in my soul and it's really all because of this stuff that we thought we were supposed to be doing we thought we're expected but nobody expected that except us Come on, I do it. I'll just be transparent. I do it every Sunday. I come with these expectations of, man, the service has to be perfect. And the church has to be perfectly clean because visitors are going to be coming. And the service has to go just right. And all the lights have to come on when they're supposed to and go off when they're supposed to. And the video should hit just right. And there should never be any buzz in the sound or any of that kind of stuff. And my sermon has to be just perfect. And my jokes have to be funny. And everyone has to laugh. And it's got to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then I'm frustrated with everything. But the problem is I'm not really frustrated with anybody else except for myself come on any type a personalities out there know what i'm talking about and we put these we put these expectations on ourselves that weren't put on us by anybody else weren't even put on us by god and this is what we see with martha look at this verse number 41 jesus says to martha my dear martha you're worried and upset about all these things but there's only one thing worth being concerned about Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus goes, hey, you're upset about all this stuff that you're expecting from yourself. I'm not expecting any of that from you. In fact, I'm really only expecting one thing. Mary's found it. You haven't found it yet. Now, a lot of times we read this, and we think, well, the one thing is that everybody's just supposed to sit at the feet of Jesus. Mary found it. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's the one thing. I don't think that's really the one thing. I think the one thing was really the fact that Mary had discovered the gift and the passion and the calling that God had on her, and she was doing it. And Martha hadn't yet discovered that. And Mary and, and Jesus was saying to Martha, hey, Mary's figured it out. Doing what I called her to do, that's the one thing. And not expecting anybody else to do it and not putting these expectations on yourself that you think you're supposed to do. No, just find out what I want you to do and then do that. And guess what will happen? Suddenly the load, the frustration, the stuff will just begin to begin to float away in your life. And maybe that's it for you today here too. Maybe it's that 
I got to decide that, hey, all this stuff that I thought I'm supposed to be doing, maybe those are things that actually God is not asking me to do. They're good things, but maybe I just need to find out what's the one thing that God is asking me to do. What is the passion, the gift, the thing that God has put in my life for me to do, and then do that. In fact, this is what Paul was saying in Galatians chapter 6. I love the way it reads in the message version of the Bible. Look what he says. He says, but make a careful exploration of who you are and the work that you have been giving, given. And then, look what he says to do. Sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. Each of you must take responsibility. Everybody say responsibility. Take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with what? With your own life. Here's what Paul is saying to do. Hey, find out what's the thing that God wants you to do. And then do it. And don't get impressed with yourself by all this stuff that you're doing and you're building yourself up to be so great. Because guess what happens when you put that kind of expectation on yourself? You're going to be frustrated all the time. And don't start comparing yourself to, well, I'm not doing as much as them or they're not doing as much as me. Because you know what that's going to cause? Frustration as well. Instead, find the one thing that God called you to do and sink yourself into that with your whole heart. Some of you go, I don't know, like, what has God called me to do? Well, here's the good news. We began today a brand new process of spiritual growth here at LifeGate called LifeTrack. And LifeTrack, what it is, is it's a four-step process to help you to discover God's purpose for your life. In fact, in one of the weeks of the process, we actually learn our spiritual gifts. We take a little test to find out what's your personality, what's your spiritual gifts, how do those things line up with how you can minister here at the local church. And it starts, you know what's so cool? It starts today. Right after there, after worship in the 1150 service, you can jump in there and be a part of it. Today is step one where you just begin to learn, how do I know God? How do I grow in that? Step two is like, how do I get plugged into the family of God? Step three is what are my spiritual gifts and how do I use those? And then step four is how do I use those spiritual gifts to make a contribution? And here's what every one of us need to do is you need to know what is the gift and the talent? What are the things that God has given me, the passions of my heart and do those and don't worry about what anybody else is doing just do what God called me to do so we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have to speak up we're gonna have to lighten up we're gonna have to do a spiritual checkup number four man this is this is where it all really comes down to we're gonna have to look up everybody say look up man I'm telling you here's where a lot of our frustrations with others kind of comes is this is that we get frustrated with others because we have placed God-sized expectations on people who are not God Let me tell you something, man. If you're expecting some person or something or some church or some whatever to completely fulfill you, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be disappointed. Because there's no person and there's no church and there's no thing and there's no pastor and there is no husband and there is no wife. There is no anything that can completely, completely fulfill you because they're not perfect. And they will disappoint you. But you know what we do? We go around looking for that. We look for that one person. We're single and we're looking for like, I got to find, come on, we've all heard it before. I got to find the one, right? The one who is going to fulfill me and make my life complete so that I can stand at that altar and look at them and say, you complete me, (laughs) right? 
like they're so perfect and everything is great. And here's, here's what we do is that we find that person that we, we're going to marry or that, that maybe it's a friend or whatever. And here's what we do. We find that person and what do we do? We idolize them. Oh, they're so perfect. And look at them. Especially this happens in, in marriage relationships and things like that. Like when we first meet them, man, they're so perfect. And man, she, like she is so driven and she's so talented and she's so organized and she's so good at getting things done, right? And we idolize. And then after a month or a few months or however long it takes, then they disappoint us. And so then we go from idolizing to demonizing, right? And it's like, oh, you know, before it was she's so good and she's so strong and she's so perfect and she's so organized. And now it's like she just nags me all the time and she bosses and she's right, right. Come on. And we do it. You know, you look at the you look at your guys. Oh, he's so laid back and man, everyone loves him and he never gets really upset about anything. And he's just so easy going. And then they do something, you know, he does something to frustrate you, disappoint you. Man, he's just a bump on a log. He won't get up and stop playing video games and do something. Come on. Right. And we do it with our friends. Oh, they're so fun and just bubbly all the time. And I just love being around them. And then they disappoint us. And it's like, they can never be serious about anything. I just can't stand them. <laughs> right? It's the greatest church in the world. I love it. I love everything about the church. And then someone disappoints you. I hate that church. I'm never going back to that church. And you know what the problem is, really? The problem is expectations. We've put God-sized expectations on people who aren't God. And then they disappoint us, and then we're frustrated. So here's what we have to learn to do. we got to learn to look up. That you know what, guys? I'm sorry to tell you, this is a great church, but the people that go to this church are not perfect. Sorry to tell you, man, your life group is awesome, but the people in your life group, they're not perfect. Sorry to tell you, the pastor here, he's all right. The pastor's wife is really awesome. (laughs) But we're not perfect. None of us are. And so we will disappoint you. Others will disappoint you. Your spouse will disappoint you. Your boss will disappoint you. People will disappoint you. But I'm here to tell you, there is one who will never, if you truly put your trust in him, there won't, it doesn't mean there won't be times when you don't understand what he's doing and you might feel disappointed. But in the end, there is one who will never disappoint you. In fact, this is what the scripture says in Proverbs. Look at this verse. Proverbs 18 and 24. A man of many companions comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You know, you think about that passage. Why would a person have many companions? Maybe it's because they were expecting those friends to fulfill them. And so this friend disappoints me, so I run to another friend. And they disappoint me, so I run to another friend. And they disappoint me, so I run to another church. And the people there disappoint me. And I run all over these places. And I have all of these companions. But you know what the scripture says? That a man of many companions, what, comes to Ruin, because they put their hope in their companions, in relationships, in people, in things that are not God. But there is a friend. Who is that friend? Who is that talking about there? Talking about Jesus, talking about relationship with God. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. The greatest way to be disappointed is to put God-sized expectations on people who are not God. The greatest way to have fulfillment in your life is to realize hey, people are going to disappoint me. You know what? I'm going to close the gap. Instead of getting mad every time, you know what I'm going to do? Is I'm going to speak up sometimes. Sometimes there are times when there are real expectations they need to be spoken, they need to be said, and the person didn't even know until you said it, and that closes the gap. Sometimes it's, man, I'm putting too lofty of expectations on people. I'm expecting them to do things that 
are not in line with who they are and who God created them to be, and I need to lighten up. Sometimes I'm putting expectations on myself that are causing frustrations with others that God didn't even put on me. And I need to come to a place where I just do a spiritual checkup and go, what has God called me to do? And I'm going to do that with all of my heart. And ultimately, it has, we have to get to a place where we go, you know, I'm going to stop looking around for fulfillment. I'm going to look to God because he's the only one that can, 